Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast, the closing time edition, as the Bengals pack up their lockers and say their goodbyes after one of the best seasons in franchise history. Coming up, Jesse Bates expresses his gratitude for half a decade in Cincinnati. Chittabe Awuje discusses the Bengals' new normal, and we'll hear from Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, Trenton Irwin, and Zach Taylor as well. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Alta Fiber, future-proof fiber internet capable of delivering multi-gigabit speeds designed to take your home, business, and community to a new level. Elevate your connection with Alta Fiber. Now, here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. It's the greatest thing since Bodyguard B.J. Hill. You've probably seen the video clip from the locker room that went viral on Sunday in which B.J. Hill stands up for teammate Joseph Osai. Osai was understandably devastated after getting called for the unnecessary roughness penalty with eight seconds to go that helped the Chiefs kick their game-winning field goal. When reporters approached Osai after the game, Hill stood next to his friend and intercepted questions that he thought were unnecessarily intrusive or insensitive. He didn't prevent people from doing their jobs, but he supported a teammate under tough circumstances. Here are Jesse Bates and Zach Taylor after seeing that video. I love that he did that for him um, because I know Joseph, how much work he puts into this. and He had no ill intentions when doing that. Um, he was just playing hard. He was playing, um, doing his 111 that we talked about all year in that defensive room. And um, It's unfortunate that it had to come down to that. Um, it's not the reason why we lost. And, and it's good that BJ, as a veteran, is able to step in and um, be there for Joseph because he is a young guy. I mean, I don't want him to think that, you know, year two, this is the way his year two ends, and that's going to write his whole legacy being in the NFL. No, I told him to go back to work and he'll have another opportunity. Um, don't let that write, you know. Don't make him label who, who you are based off that play. Um, and I have no doubt he'll bounce back from it. The things that get highlighted usually are what happens at the end of the game, but there, there's certainly at least one thing every coach and every player wishes we would have done differently in that game um, to a man. And so um, it was awesome to see those guys support each other um, in a really tough, tough moment. And, um, you know, Joseph's a guy who, who leaves his heart and soul on the on the field every single day, whether it's in practice or in games. And and um, so I appreciate that about him. Joseph Osai is 22 years old and absolutely delightful to talk to. And Sunday's game might not have been tied with less than a minute to go if Osai had not played great up to that point. If you would like to get to know Joseph better, I'll end this podcast with an encore presentation of my Fun Facts interview with him from earlier this year. It was back in week 10, so if you didn't catch it then, you'll want to catch it now. Being in the locker room on Monday was unlike any day after the final game that I can remember. It was like guys didn't want to leave. They were playing ping pong, sitting in small clusters, talking and laughing, and signing jerseys to swap. It was an unusually tight group. After an 0-2 start, the Bengals went 14-3 the rest of the way including a franchise record 10-game winning streak. Four of their five losses 
came on walk-off field goals. Here's Zach Taylor. You immediately feel tired this morning because you're always prepping yourself one more week, one more week, and coffee, whatever you got to do to keep yourself going and the excitement. And then when it ends, you just get sick uh, for like two weeks, everybody. And your body just shuts down, and I'm sure that's that's the point I'll hit tomorrow. Um, but I am doing my best just to appreciate, you know, all the other things you just mentioned um, that this team's accomplished this year. There's a lot to be proud of. And, again, it, it can still – two things can be true. It can still sting, and you can still be really proud of what this what this group accomplished and um, really proud of this group. As he should be, the Bengals won back-to-back division titles for the first time in franchise history. For newcomers like offensive lineman Ted Karras and Alex Kappa, their first year in Cincinnati confirmed to them that they made a great choice in free agency. I had a fantastic time. I think this is an amazing culture. Uh, fun offense to be a part of, fun team to be a part of. W- reflecting, we need to do, I need to do personally, uh, just, you know, you, you look back at the season and you think about the little things that you could have tweaked in that game. I'm not going to let it, you know, no one's going to let it fester. The game went how it was, but just really grateful to be here. It was a great opportunity. Hopefully made the most of it and, um, you know, hopefully get another shot to, to get back to a championship game in 2023. Uh, I just had a lot of fun. I thought, um, like everyone said, it's a great locker room, great offensive line room. Um, we had a lot of success, even though it didn't end the way you wanted it to. And uh, I just really enjoyed my year. Karras is signed for two more years and Kappa is signed for three more. But several key players on the team are due to become free agents, including Jesse Bates, Von Bell, Hayden Hurst, Jermaine Pratt, Eli Apple, and Samaj P. Ryan. Here's Karras. It's like the last day of school. You know, uh, the team's not going to be the same. There's going to be changes on every NFL franchise this season. That is the nature of the business. So guys are going to have to find their role. Um, we have a lot of, I don't know if we have a lot of free agents, but we have some guys that are, I've been there. This is my first year in four years that I'm not a free agent going into the off season, so it's a little different feeling, but I empathize with a lot of the guys that are going to go on a journey and you know, understand it is a business, but hopefully we can get everyone back that wants to be here. An emotional Jesse Bates met with reporters on Monday knowing that he may have played his last game in a Cincinnati uniform. The Bengals negotiated with his agent for a couple of years in hopes of extending his contract, but the two sides could not reach a deal, and Bates played on the franchise tag this season for roughly $13 million. If Jesse does move on, he's thankful for his five seasons in Cincinnati. I was struck by your use of the word gratitude yesterday after the game. It seemed like that really hit home for you. Like I said, it's it's cool to be a part of something special. Um, something that uh, it's hard it's hard Um, been emotional about it for a long time Uh, still numb to it Um, but yeah like you said gratitude is a word that I can really describe about everything that happened here Um, over my past five years being here um, I learned so much about myself learned so much about the game I learned so much about Cincinnati um, and I'm just so thankful for um, everybody I ran into um, inside this building outside this building um, I've created some very special relationships um, that'll last me a lifetime and that's all you can ask for when you 
when you uh, come to an end of something. Um, if you left it better than uh, when you came in. And uh, I think that I played a good part of that. And um, I'm not the only reason for that. I know my brothers in this locker room years in and years out um, had a lot to do with that as well. And uh, like I said, I, I've, I can't dwell on anything because I know, like I said, I, I love my teammates every year. When was bad, I loved him. When was good, I loved him. Um, like I said, I'm just thankful. The love was mutual. What was some of the comments that you received from some of those guys yesterday and today? You know, everybody knows, you know, what's going on. Uh, unfortunately, that's part of this business. And, uh, you know, you spend so much time together over so many years. And sometimes it has to come to an end. Um, and I don't know. I'm not saying that this is the end of everything, but we know that there's a possibility and uh, it's my first time being in that instance where I may not be here you know so any other year I was able to process oh maybe we can come back next year and do this thing all over again but uh, like I said I learned a lot from being here in Cincinnati a lot from everyone that I've came in contact with and all I can say I'm thankful. Does that loss hurt even more because of your personal situation? No, I don't. I don't want to take away from, um, you know, just being in my personal situation. This hurts for everybody. Um, love that everyone had for each other, whether this is their last year or not. Um, this is the last time that this team will be together um, as a whole, and we've been able to get through a lot of tough this year. Um, you know that normally you don't go through as a team. Um, I'm just proud, man. I just. I can just keep rumbling about this team and rumbling about my time here. But uh, like I said, at the end of the day, I'm just thankful. I think that um, I showed um, how to be a leader, how to be um, the same guy every day, um, even when not going your way. Um, I could have easily came in here on a franchise tag and been a cancer to this team. Um, we started off 0-2. I could have went to the media. Hey, I want to get traded. Um, but, no, I didn't. Like I said, I love my teammates, no matter whether it was going good or bad. And um, I think that, if anything, I could have left here, and that's what I would um, – hopefully a lot of people got that from me, was to no matter what, um, come in here every day and just work, um, whether it's working your way or not. Um, Try to do your best and be here for your team and the ultimate goal of the team, and uh, we'll see what happens after that. Talk about Stay your bond with uh, defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo. You guys seem to be extremely close uh, both ways. Yeah. yeah. Lou uh, came in when I was a knucklehead thinking I could uh, make every play in the game. Um, the amount of detailed work that he taught me um, – I used to go home like, man, this new D.C. doesn't like me, man. This dude don't like me at all. And, uh, just the amount of love that he showed me. Um, it may have not been patting me on my back and just, hey, it's going to be all right. Um, you know, he pushed me. He pushed me to levels that, you know, coaches never have before. And um, you know, that's all you can ask for as a, as a, as a D.C. and out of a coach um, is to challenge you every single day and uh I think he did that. And 
uh, to watch what he created, um, the culture that he created in our defense room. I'll be able to, um, you know, take that maybe somewhere else. I'll be able to take that and be a father. I'll be able to do multiple things with stuff that he taught me on the football field. So, um, like I said, man, it's, a, it's an emotional time to speak about that, but all I can say I'm thankful for him. You speak to so movingly about Cincinnati and about this locker room and your teammates and your culture, and so fans will be wondering about what it's going to take to keep you here. Would you want to stay here, Jesse? Yeah. Um, I want to be here. Um, but unfortunately, this business, um, you know, there's different scenarios where I'm not in the situation where I can leave 20, 10 million on the table and be okay with that because it wouldn't be fair to myself, my family, uh, my legacy. Um, but obviously, yes, I want to be here. My family's three hours away from here. Um, like I said, I've created bonds in this locker room, outside this locker room. Um, so, yeah, I, I want to be here if that answers the question. Jesse, you bet on yourself twice. Are you glad you did? Um, yeah, I've learned, I've learned a lot about myself um, these past two years, man. It's, like I said, I could have could have easily went a different route, um, been a cancer. Um, but I think it has a lot to do with the people in this locker room, the people in this organization. Is um, they they brought me in here and they you know, they helped me get through tough times. Uh, I was in shells. I would not talk to anybody um, at times. And um, like I said, the brotherhood that we have in here, they got me out of that. And like I said, it's something that you don't know until you know. Um, and I was able to experience that, and I'll be able to use that um, in different instances of my life. And hopefully I was able to show some of the younger guys how to handle those tough situations. Um, so, yeah, I'm thankful that I was able to bet on myself and thankful that I was able to be healthy um, is the main part of that. When you're good enough to make the playoffs, the end of the season is so abrupt. But with this team, the 10-game winning streak, one game from the Super Bowl, does it almost seem surreal that you don't have another game in two weeks? Yeah. Um, when you don't lose a game since, what well, was a Halloween, I think it was, um, you kind of forget the feeling of losing. Um, I mean, we got on a plane last night, and just being around these dudes made stuff feel a lot better. It made me, made me feel like we were going back into – meetings the following week um so yeah it's it's tough it's tough man it's tough and like I said it's it just shows how important a, a, a love bond close-knitted group can get you through multiple things and um even though it's the end of it uh for this year uh like I said you still see guys playing ping pong you still see guys talking on the plane and that's what um, we play this game for is to you know, take care of our families, obviously, and build relationships that will last you a lifetime. And I think we've done that here. Great stuff from Jesse Bates. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Kettering Health, the official health care provider of the Bengals. With more than 120 care facilities and 1,500 care providers, Kettering Health is committed to guiding you to your best health. Visit KetteringHealth.org to learn more. 
As I noted earlier, Bates is not the only member of the secondary who could be headed to free agency. Von Bell, Eli Apple, and Trey Flowers are also on the list. Here's Chidabe Awuje, who has one year left on his deal. Every season is different. Every, every team's different. Um, and I think we've been blessed the past two years to be a part of a defense that kept its nucleus for you know two years. That's a long time for most teams. So, um, yeah, we've definitely been spoiled. But at the same time, we've built something special here so that you know when new faces come, um, they know what the standard is. They know what we expect. They know the culture in this locker room. And, um, yeah, we just need to bring in the right people that can respond to that culture and not you know, disrespect it because it is something special that will always keep us bonded, the people that were on this past team, past two teams uh, together. Your description of kind of the business of the NFL was obviously very realistic, but it sounded like there was a tinge of sadness in your voice. Is, is that accurate? It's a tinge of everything in my voice right now because I'm still processing everything, but obviously I know that being in the NFL for this amount of time, you don't have, you never have the same team. You know, you never have the same team. So this team's chapter is closed. It's closed. It's over. Um, the brotherhood never stops, but the chapter of chasing what our goal was is over. And that's a reality that we all have to deal with. Um, until next year, we don't know who will be here or who won't be here. So I can't speculate or guess, you know. So it's just, that's just a matter of time until um, those things happen and then we can react. There will be changes, but this was the youngest playoff roster of the 14 teams that made it, and you have Burrow. Is there that feeling that the core group here is going to be able to compete for the top? Yeah, you know, obviously football has a funny way of humbling you, but um, if guys stay healthy, um, the mindset that we have, everything will work out, I think, year after year, you know, but... Obviously, football is a funny way of humbling you, so I don't want to, you know, confirm or you know, um, guarantee anything. So, but that's my expectation. Zach says he doesn't consider himself to be the greatest speaker, but it seems like he always has a message that resonates with guys. Was there anything he said, whether it was after the game yesterday or today in the final meeting, that resonated with you? Um, I mean, he said he said a few things. Um, number one thing is to be proud of what we accomplished as a team. Um, I think. When you create a new normal for a team, it's hard to, like, your, your, your emotions change. Like, obviously, before I got here, I didn't know the culture of this team, but um, they had a normal, right? And maybe just a little bit better than normal would have been a win. But we surpassed that normal by a lot. <laughs> so now, like, it's like our new normal is what we've been doing. And um, even though it feels bad, like, if you look at, where a lot of where we were where we were as a team a couple of years ago, like this is a good new normal. <laughs> so um, I think you know he, he definitely drove that message home that that we should be proud of what we've accomplished. Obviously, <clears throat> we left a lot of meat on the bone, but um, there's a lot of things that we did that were that were great. The new normal for the Bengals is to begin next season as one of the top four or five teams in the NFL. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Paycor. More than 29,000 customers trust Paycor to help them recruit, pay, engage, and retain employees. Learn more at Paycor.com. Here's one more short exit day interview. It's with wide receiver Trenton Irwin, who went from being a three-year practice squad staple to becoming one of Joe Burrow's trusted targets. 
day like this is strange to me because it's so abrupt. You feel like that train is rolling toward the Super Bowl, and all of a sudden, you guys are shaking hands and walking out. Yeah, especially the way that ended. You know, if you got blown out, you're going to have to think about, oh, we might not. But, like, felt like everything was rolling our way. But, like, we had every piece we needed. We just came up short, you know, a couple of plays. And one of those things that it's crazy, you just got you got a whole off season to think about it, but you know, hopefully, everyone gets back to their gets back to the thing. Take a couple of weeks off and get back to work. Going into the season, there was some thought out there nationally that maybe the Bengals aren't legit. Maybe last year's Super Bowl run is a little bit freakish. Nobody can say that now. Do you feel like you've clearly established that the Bengals are right there at the top of the NFL? You know, I'm I'm gonna speak from the heart and saying that. I don't think really a whole lot of people care about what everyone's saying outside of here. You know, I think we all all believe that we're that type of team. You know, we have the pieces to be able to go win everything. So, I mean, that's just sort of who we are as a group. So, you know, we're, you know, people are going to say what they're going to say, good and bad, and we appreciate either one. But we're going to be who we are, and I think we got a lot coming in in this locker room. Of the 14 teams that made the playoffs, this is the youngest roster. There will be changes. There always are. But the nucleus is going to be back and it's strong. Yeah, no, I'm 100% with you. We got a I got a tight group and that's that's one thing we got to keep maintaining through the years. What did Zach say to the team? What was his final message? You know, um, it's one of those things like you said it was abrupt. It's a tough ending, but there's a lot to learn from. There's a lot of good things that came from this year. And um, you know, that's the way it goes in the playoffs. You play a lot of good teams and sometimes things roll one way or the other and you know, we got to just keep doing our best thing, keep taking our next best step. Set a franchise record with 10 straight wins. It's the first team to win playoff games in back-to-back years in this team's history. Do you feel like there were a lot of great accomplishments that you'll remember? Definitely great accomplishments. You know, I I don't think a lot of this team knows nothing but that type of excellence, you know. We're just trying to go out there and win games and won 10 straight, could have won 11 straight to go to the freaking bowl. So, I mean, we came up Last year we came up one short. I guess we're too short this year, but, um, you know, we just got to keep learning, keep growing, and, and take that next step. Congrats on a great year. Thank you. Thank you. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Bengals Picks and Ultimate Bengals. They're free to play with tickets and signed merchandise up for grabs. Find both inside the Bengals app. Finally, as promised, an encore edition of my Fun Facts interview with second-year defensive lineman, Joseph Osai. Time for some fun facts with Joseph Osai, who was raised near Houston, but born in Nigeria. What do you remember about your early childhood years back in Africa? A lot of rain, um, a lot of sand, um, a lot of soccer. You know what I mean? Soccer after school, that was fun with the neighborhood kids. And then um, just being happy with my family. Of course, we went through some things, but overall being happy. Your family essentially won a lottery to yes, get visas to come to the U.S., correct? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Explain um, how that works. Just like any uh, lottery, you know, there's a, there was a Powerball, I think, lottery last night, and um, people were scrambling to win that. But, um, yeah, just like any lottery, um, you play, you win. If you win, instead of getting money, you get um, free citizenship. So that's what, uh, that's what we did. You were 10 years old. Were you heartbroken to leave home and leave your friends behind, or were you excited about coming to the U.S.? Uh, it was bittersweet, for sure, bittersweet. Um, excited about the U.S., grew up watching Home Alone, 
you know, <laughs> thought every single New York, I mean, U.S. city and state was like New York. So was super excited to eat pizza and burgers and all that. But, um, yeah, definitely sad about leaving my friends that I grew up with. But um, my family was with me, and then um, that's, that, that was the, my piece of home that I brought with me. We're visiting with Joseph Osai. There had to be some culture shock. I would imagine. What stands out? Absolutely. Um, everything, every single details about going to school, the cliques in schools, the um, from, like I mentioned, sand being everywhere in Nigeria, no sand here, you know what I mean, just concrete and grass. So that was, um, that was that. And then just learning how to communicate a lot of things. And then over, it took, definitely took us multiple years to figure it out. But, you know, that was all part of growing and learning. Have you ever been back? I have not, but I, I, I need to. My dad goes back all the time, though, but I've just never had time, you know, with football. And growing up, I was always involved in summer activities like summer track and basketball and stuff like that. So never really got the chance, but hopefully soon. How important were sports in helping you blend in? Very important. They um, they allowed me to make my first group of friends, you know, playing 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 football at recess. At the back of the school, that's where not, uh, I was able to gain friends because then it's not, they don't care if you can, you have an accent or if you know how to do this or know how to say this. They, they just care about, are you a good athlete? Did you score the game-winning touchdown before the Reese's Bell blew? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, that sports, sports was a huge part of me integrating and um, gaining friends. But your mom did not want you to play football, she correct? Not. She did not. She did not. She, it was too rough for her. Um, she wanted me to focus on my studies, as every African parent does. But yeah, she she didn't come to a game all of junior junior high, all of um up until junior in high school is when she uh, first came to her game, and she was she praised the rosary like the whole way through the game. So she uh, it's still a very violent sport for her, but she's learned to accept it. So during the course of the game, she's as nervous as can she's be. She's as nervous as can be. She's constantly praying, just super scared. But, you know, she's, she's, she's adapted over the years. She's not as bad as she used to be, for sure. We're doing fun facts with Joseph Osai. You attended Oak Ridge High School and were a coveted recruit. What was the recruiting process like for you? It was, uh, it was a brand new thing because um, I'd never – I didn't even know that was a thing, first of all. And, you know, Texas being a – just a big football state, you know, playing football there is, 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 is in- interesting for sure. I'll say that. So um, it was it was wild. I tried to – thankfully I had my family around me and they didn't know anything about the thing, so there was no pressure to go here or there. But they, um, we kept a level head and we tried to move through logically and write everything down, make sure we were making the right decision, not decisions based off of – what color uniform a school had or how much they could woo you in the recruiting, you know what I mean, recruiting world. But um, I definitely had some good people around me. My coaches, too, were did a good job of helping me, like, because they had been through whatever, and they said, look, you got to take things into consideration, do this, do this, make sure you have your grades right still, because just because you have the letters coming in doesn't mean you're accepted. You still have to have good grades to get into these schools and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was uh, it was, it was, it was amazing, but... Again, it was, it was part of the process. It was dope. You chose the University of Texas. You spent three years with the Longhorns. What did you enjoy most about the college experience? Game day. Game day in, in Texas is just amazing. Um, and uh, just and it's a lot better here, too. But um, I know some, uh, some pros, some locker rooms, they don't even – there's no camaraderie 
I don't know if I said that word. Word right. Camaraderie. Camaraderie. Mm-hmm. There's no camaraderie with um with teammates. They um as soon as they're done with practice, they just shoot out. But what I enjoyed most about college was um um hanging out after practices. You know, we all were going to the same dorms. We all were living the same lives. Um. And stuff like that. It's a lot better here in this locker room for sure. You know, there's we hang out and play ping pong all the time. But um, just that family mentality is what I love most about college. You know, just a bunch of guys grinding and trying to get to the next level. There was there was something special about that for sure. You had a great career. The Bengals selected you in the third round of last year's draft. Yes, Describe your draft experience. It was uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of mixed emotions, man. Because um, you know, there's expectations and then there's what actually happens and. Overall, I was just thankful, excited, man, because then I, as I kept watching the draft, there were some people that I thought were going to get drafted that didn't get drafted. So I was just super grateful to have been given the chance to go and play at the next level. You know what I mean? I mentioned me and my college teammates grinding, trying to get to that next level. And um, we had a little group, and for me to be one of the first to go and achieve that next level, it was pretty special. So I know they were um, – just to know that everybody was super proud of me and um, – it was. It was. It, I can't. I can't describe that feeling, man. It was. It was. It was awesome. It was amazing. We're chatting with Joseph Osai in your NFL preseason debut. You famously sacked Tom Brady. You had a great game, <laughs> but you suffered knee and elbow injuries in that game and missed your rookie season. Yeah. How difficult was it emotionally last year? Knee and wrist injury, and it was. Um, it was one of the worst things I've ever had to go through. And um, I got to actually got asked that question a lot during the pre-draft process. What is the worst thing you've ever had to go through? And nothing came to mind because um, I came from a good family. You know, me and my family are pretty close. Um, I mean, uh, I'm not in a broken home, so I've never had none of my close relatives or close family members that ever died. So I really actually never had that thing to say. You know, I would just say not playing football during COVID was pretty hard, but um, this was pretty terrible, you know what I mean? And... Having gone through that and now trying to come on, come out through the other side, it's it's really awesome to see that I could work through that and my mentality, although it like wavered a bit, it's still the same and I'm still striving to 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 be where I am. I know you're close with your family. Yeah. Was that the key to getting through it? Of course, of course. Talking to them mostly uh, almost every day, and then some days I didn't want to talk to them. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I had my teammates that I couldn't get away from, and they picked me up. So. Um, yeah, it was it was people around me have just kind of been um, a, a very key key point in in every my my all my life, all my aspects of life. You know, whether it's going through college and going through being transitioned from Nigeria to here, and then every every step of my life, the people around me have played a huge role and helped me get to where I am. All right, we'll wrap it up with some wild card questions now for Joseph Osai. Yes, Do you have any hidden talents? Hidden talents? I don't know if this will count as a hidden talent. It's just a, like you said, a fun fact. When I get tired enough, I sleep with my eyes open. I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I don't know if it's a hidden talent. It's, it's kind of involuntary. But um, if I get tired enough, I will. I will sleep with my eyes open. And um, I didn't believe it at first. But uh, my my siblings made sure they recorded wow. <laughs> recorded some videos of me doing it, so I, now I believe it. But yeah, if I get tired enough, uh, my eyes will just stay open as I, as I begin to sleep. That like sounds like a lizard quality yeah. or something. <laughs> I don't know if, <laughs> if, you, if yeah, you have a little bit of uh, mixed G- DNA or something. <laughs> it's a pretty wild one, yeah. But yeah, that's that's what I could think of right now. All right, I, c- I consider that a hidden talent. <laughs> On the flip side, 
Is there anything that you will admit to being absolutely terrible at? The guitar. I, um, uh, during my injury phase last year, I tried to pick up the guitar. Uh, I had a roommate, Wyatt Hubert. He was phenomenal at it. He tried to teach me. I am just, my fingers are too fat. And I dislocated my left pinky in college, so I could never get it to control and get it. It, just, it was horrible. It was, I got frustrated. It was an impulse buy, first of all. <laughs> I saw him play it one night. I bought the thing. After a week, I gave it back to him. I was, I was done with that thing. Yeah, horrible to play the guitar. You might have to try trombone or a something. trumpet, I something with less. Okay. I was a percussionist in the fifth and sixth grade. I don't know why I didn't pick up the piano or something like that, but that's what it is. Who is your all-time favorite athlete in any sport mm. and why? Didier Drogba. Grew up, um, he's a professional soccer player. Grew up watching him playing soccer. You know, I mentioned soccer being a huge thing in Nigeria. So watched him play, watched him time and time again. Um, do what do, do do what it takes to to win. Um, put his team on his back, and I just I loved it. What do you like to spend your money on? My family. I spend a lot of my money on my family, and I don't mind it. You know, I just I just like taking care of them. I like being that kind of playing that t- caretaker role. I believe that my fam- my mom and dad have been through a lot, and by God's grace, I'll be able to keep taking care of them for as long as I need to. All right. Final fun fact. This one's a little bit deep. Ooh. If you could meet anybody in history, who would that person be? I would like to, because I know there's a lot of speculation about who built the pyramids. I'd like to go back and just take a peek. Maybe not even meet them, but just see how they did it. If it truly is with, you know, sticks and levers and whatever they were. Right? Or if it was with something else, some technology that's lost. Mm. Who knows? You know what I mean? And the way those stones were cut is just, did they do it with water? Did they have a system where they ran water through a finite point and it just cut through the stone? Because I know water is very strong mm-hmm. with a with strong current. I don't know. Yeah. So um, I definitely like to go meet whoever built the pyramids and just chat with them. That's a tremendous answer. And trust me, you're the first person to say <laughs> they would like to see the pyramids being built. This was a great conversation. I really appreciate your time. Best of luck the rest of the year. Yes, sir. Appreciate that. Thank you. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth Podcast presented by Kettering Health, the official health care provider of the Bengals. By Bengals Picks and Ultimate Bengals. They're free to play with tickets and sign merchandise up for grabs. By Paycor, the official HR software provider of the Bengals. And by AltaFiber, future-proof fiber internet. Elevate your connection with AltaFiber. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast. And if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. That helps more Bengals fans find us. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.